Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Cobra Shate. Speaking tongues, speaking the language of the Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, Shabbat. Oh, praise you, Lord. Jesus is wonderful. Mantele grados brates. faithfulness to us and your grace to us in the name of Jesus hallelujah all right Rasto Crandis you may be seated thank you Romans chapter number 12 now we're talking about what are we talking about living the supernatural life Praise the Lord. Baraatus atanda bragadoste. Glory to God. Vresto. Membrengrostakratis. Glory to God. I'm not going to be doing a lot of things with you tonight. Just a very simple assignment. And we're going to be fine. We're talking about living the, the super... What is a supernatural life? What is a supernatural life? I mean, most often than not, when you hear the supernatural, like I said the last time we met, then you want to be thinking about flying in the sky, healing everybody. You read, you read scriptures like, and they brought people to the streets that the shadow of Peter, peradventure, might fall on them and as many as made contact with the shadow of Peter were made whole and then this is the kind of life I want to live and you hear about healings and oh boy like Pastor Lina you want to you want to scatter your body all of those things are very important hallelujah <laughs> supernatural is amazing Glory to God. All of those things are very important. But that is not all that there is about the supernatural life. Praise the name of the Lord. The supernatural life Jesus Christ brought to us is a life that has not been lived before. 
it is a life that has not been lived before. It, when, when we talk about the supernatural life, we're talking about the life that is in the confines of God. A life that is known in the God realm. A life of God. Now, I told you that the Bible says the spirit is life. Romans chapter 8. The Bible says the spirit is life. Alright? He says that if your body, um, he says, um, if the Holy Ghost be in you, the body, although dead, if Christ be in you, the body, although dead because of sin, the spirit is life. Read that, verse 10. Romans chapter number 8. Quickly get into the Bible and read that. Hallelujah. So Romans 8, read it, one, two, go. Verse 10. Everybody, Romans chapter number 8, verse 10. One, two, go. Mm -hmm. Now, if Christ in you, if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin. And the spirit is life because of righteousness. Now, in the King James, this quite does not make sense. The body is dead like how? Two possible explanations. First explanation is that the deeds of the body are dead because of sin, which does not make sense. But the body is dead because of sin. That makes sense in a sense that the body, although dead because of sin. So when you, when because of sin, the body had effect of death. The Bible says that the reward of sin is what? The wages of sin is what? Death. So where there is sin, there is death. So the body, although, so proper reading will be the body, although dead because of sin, the spirit is life. That's why the next verse says that if the spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, he that raised Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal body. All right? So living the life of the spirit is the spirit pro producing life to your body. Are we together? Now, but I mean on a more serious note, that scripture was talking about the rapture. The verse 11. I mean, if the, I mean, the spirit of risk, that's not what I'm talking about. But here he says that if Christ is in you, if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin. So the body, although dead because of sin. Are we together? So how many of us have Christ in us? Good. So if Christ in you, although the body has been dead because of sin, it means that before Christ came into you, all right? Your state was that you were dead. Are we together? You were dead. So before a man encounters Christ, he is dead. Hallelujah. Now, when the person now encounters Christ, the Bible says he's made alive. You read Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. The Bible says, And you have he quickened, you have he made alive who were dead in trespasses and in sins. So, before a man gets born again, he is dead in trespasses and in sin. Are we together? Now, when that person now believes in Jesus Christ, that person is made alive. Now, what, I mean, what different way can you say somebody has been made alive? The spirit is life. All right? And what different way can you say the spirit is life? The spirit in a man. So when the spirit of God comes into a man, the life of God has come into that man. 
So the supernatural life simply means living the spirit of God. So wherever the Bible says, I mean, for example, Jesus says that I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Jesus could have said it in a different way. I have come that you might have the Holy Ghost. For God so loved the word that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. We can also say it in this way. For God so loved the word that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have the Holy Ghost. Are we together? So eternal life is not different from the Holy Ghost. It's, see, it's not like we have, let's see, we it's not like we have anointing. God says, all right, so give me two cups of anointing. He's born again, two cups. Uh-huh, give me two cups of Holy Ghost. Uh-huh, give me two cups of righteousness. Uh-huh, give me two, uh-uh. When we get to a point, I will tell you, the spirit is righteousness. So righteousness is the Holy Spirit. The spirit is sanctification. Come on, are we together? If we get time, I'll tell you. So, living the supernatural life, we can say simply living the eternal life. And what is eternal life? The quality of God's life implanted in a man. And the quality of God's life is simply the spirit of God. Eternal life is the quality of God's life. It's not about how long a man is going to live. It is simply the quality of God's life. So when a man gets born again, the Holy Ghost in that man is a divine quality or a, a, a quality life that has been brought to him. Can I say that again? When a man gets born again, the man receives a quality life. Now quality here means that every other life is inferior. Human life, biological life, and what have you. Are we together? So the day you got born again, that day you received the life of God. And what is the life of God that you received? The spirit. So the spirit is life. The spirit does not just give life. The spirit is life. The spirit actually is a life-giving spirit. It is a life that gives life. So the Holy Spirit in you is life. Now, Jesus made a profound statement, I think in John 16. Let's get there. Let's try to find it. And I'll, okay, yes. And I'll pray the Father, 14, 16. And I'll pray the Father. And he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive. Did you see that? So, the spirit of God cannot be received by the world. Alright? So, as long as somebody is in the world, that person cannot receive the spirit. What do you think, per what I've taught you, what do you think it means? It means that the life of the Christian is distinctive from the life of the world. And there is no way, there is no way a person of the world can live the life of the Christian. Now, this is a mind-blowing something. Are we together? So, the life of the Christian is a life that cannot be lived. In fact, it cannot even be faked. Because the Bible says, the spirit cannot be received by the world. Now, let's, who is the Holy Spirit? Come on, who is the Holy Spirit? Talk to me. <laughs> who is, per what we are discussing, who is the spirit? 
the, the spirit is life, right? Good, let's put that in. So even the life whom the world cannot receive. So it is a life that cannot be received or lived by the world. It would take somebody to make a decision to accept the Lord Jesus before the spirit can be in that person. So what is the Christian life? The Christian life is the life that cannot be replicated. The Christian life simply is the life that is not just difficult for the unbeliever, but it is impossible for the unbeliever to live. Oh, man. Now, I told you we are going to read Romans chapter 12, right? So, a Christian, then it will mean that the Christian life is not healing. The Christian life is not throwing people to the floor. Although that can be found in it, the Christian life is a peculiar life that is only exclusive to the Christian. For example, a human being cannot fly. Are you understanding that? So flying is a life that is peculiar and that is exclusive to birds. No matter how a human being behaves, in his natural self, he can't fly. He can jump, but he can't fly. So, the Christian life, which is the Holy Spirit, cannot be duplicated. You can't, you can't get, somebody cannot behave. Alright? It's a life that somebody cannot, until you are born again. See, it's a life that belongs to them that have been initiated, that have been brought into the family of God. Very important. Listen, understand this thing before I move on. Alright? So Jesus says, this life is a life that the world cannot receive. So the Christian life does not have any semblance in the life of an unbeliever. It means that it is wrong for me to come and tell you here that look at what even Muslims are doing. For example, if I want to talk about love, and I begin to tell you that even Muslims, see the way Muslims love themselves. You can't even find that love in the church. I am trying to commonize the life of God. Are you here with me, everybody? When we begin to use anybody, anything that is not in the confines of the spirit as a yastic for living, we have commonized, commonalized the life of God. Hey, are you understanding that? If a Muslim can do what you are doing, that is not the life of God. If an unbeliever can do what you are doing, then what you are doing is not the life of God. <laughs> that is very important. You see, for example, we'll, we'll come to what I'm sharing. For example, Jesus says that love one another, for it is in this that all men will know that ye are my disciples. And love is just a word you can find anywhere. Come on, are we together? Are we together? Life, love is, is, is a word you can find anywhere. Anybody can meet anybody and say, I love you. And everybody's talking about love.
But Jesus said, that particular kind of love I'm talking about is a love that shows that you are my disciples. It means that it is a particular level of love and a kind of love that it only takes disciples of Jesus to have. Hey, please, are you understand what I'm sharing with you? Yesterday, was it yesterday or last three days, I saw Muslims doing deliverance. And the man, the man will touch, and the person will be rolling on the floor. <laughs> so it means touch and fall. It's not the life of God. Uh, the fact that you touch somebody, the person fell, does not mean that's the life of God. So if we're talking about living the supernatural life, we're talking about living a, dis- living a distinctive life. A life that can only be attributed to God. Come on. Are we together? Say, I live God on earth. Huh? Come on, say, I live God on earth. One more time, I live God on earth. So that is the supernatural life. The spirit, I'm just doing a, a, an expanded version of a recap. All right? The, <laughs> the spirit of God is life. Like what we just read. The spirit of God is life. The spirit is life. The spirit is life for us to live. Hallelujah. So all the elements for our Christian living is sourced from the spirit not from outside the spirit this is serious see and being a Christian alright when you get born again then you enroll in the school that will teach you the supernatural life and the name of that school is church because it is not enough to say, I accept the Lord as my Lord and personal Savior, blah, blah, blah. It is a life. So you must be taught how to live that life. That is why anybody that calls himself a Christian, that the word of God is not impacting his life from his church, then the person is doing more harm to himself than good. Come on, hallelujah. Now, I'll not bore you with that. We'll get there. Let's get into the scripture I, I mentioned. Romans chapter 12. Now, I'm going to read from the, the Passion Translation. This is something that is going to blow your mind. Verse 1. Beloved friends... What should be our proper response to God's marvelous mercies? Now, God's marvelous mercies can be God's salvation. All right? Do we all agree? Do we all agree? Um, I thought Maggie did like this. We all, we all agree. Okay. You should know that salvation is mercy. Or I should take time to get you into that. Okay. I encourage you to surrender yourselves to God. To be his sacred living sacrifices. And live in holiness. Experiencing all that delights his heart. 
for this becomes your genuine expression of worship. All right? Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you. Now, King James says, and be ye trans, um, and be not conformed to this word. Now, be not conformed to this word is stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you. Now, he says that, brethren, by the mercies of God, I beseech you that you present yourself a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, for this is your reasonable act of worship from the King James. Now, so how are you going to present yourself holy unto God? He's not talking about what they've been preaching. Abstain from this, abstain from that. That's all he's talking about. Presenting yourself as a living sacrifice is simply don't engage in the ideals and opinions of the world. I want to say that again. You didn't catch that. Read from the King James. Maybe you, you are King James children. I have verse 1. 1, 2, go. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by salvation, uh -huh, present your bodies a living sacrifice. So you are going to present your body a living sacrifice. How many of you have heard these scriptures before? Like, present your body. The next thing that is coming is fornication. The next thing that is coming, you know. But listen, he says, present your bodies a living sacrifice. Holy. Now, the trick here, the, the, the confusing word here is the holy. No, so when you hear holy, then it means do's and don't. Uh-uh. The holy here means set apart. All right, now read it and put set apart there. One to go. So set apart. So the acceptable sacrifice to God is a body that is set apart. Now, what does it mean to set apart? To set apart is very simple. So set apart is, okay, so I just say, move here. Now, I have taken him out of the lot and I've given him a distinctive place. So when the Bible says, I beseech you by the message of God to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy. It means that I'm talking about your body set apart from a lot of things. So your setting apart is what he's talking about in verse 2. That your setting apart simply is don't be conformed to this world. It means that if you are a Christian, you don't fornicate. You don't have any weakness you are dealing with. You are, you are all, I mean, righteous, holy. You don't smoke. You don't do all kinds of things that Christian people are suffering or whatever. You are very, but you are a Christian. You live an upright life. And yes, though, if you take the ideals of the world, you are not set apart. Let's take, for example, I don't smoke. I don't chase women. I don't drink. I don't do all kinds of things. Then when I come here, then I begin to teach you human philosophy. Now I begin to teach you things of the world. I am not set apart. In other words, I am not a living sacrifice unto God. 
Oh man, are you here with me, everybody? So if you want to be a living sacrifice for God, what do you do? So what does it mean to be set apart? Uh, what does it mean to, set up, to be set apart? Not imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you. Oh my, I can take a whole year to minister this thing. So for example, the culture around the world, let's say one of it is what? Um, I don't want to just talk about the same food. I just want to talk about those that are common. Who can help me? Let's take for example, at the age of 30, if you're a lady and you are not married, you're expiring. At the age of 35, you're not married, you're expiring. Expiring is that chill. 40, you're not married. Quack, 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 quack. You understand? And then, so right now, every pastor, every major pastor, especially in Ghana, everybody's talking about marriage and relationship. When are you going to marry? Go and marry. Go and marry. How many of you saw that, that video? Good. Is marriage God's life or an earthly culture? Now, some of you don't like what I'm telling you. You are looking at my face. I'm not saying we will not marry. Uh -uh. Tagging age. Tagging years. For example, in the church, I'm going, to, I'm going to really tell you some serious things. In the church, what unifies us is our identity in Christ. Now, if I begin to value Minister Noah higher, above Prissy because Noah has exposure, Noah has gone to school, then I am not set apart. So to be set apart simply means to think God's thoughts. Boy, I mean, I, I need time for this, I'm telling you. Because the Bible says, it is only that that you will be transformed. So be set apart. Be set apart. Oh man. Tell somebody, are you set apart? Ask the person, are you set apart? Now read read from the King James again. One read the one and two. Come on, one, two, go, everybody. Now, I'll talk about the transformation maybe, maybe next week or maybe Friday or something. Or even if we get time. I'm still talking about the conformity. So he says that you're setting apart. You're presenting your body as a living sacrifice. Is your extrication your separation from the ideals and the opinions of the culture around you. Now, meaning the ideals and culture of the world. 
what the world deems special is not what we deem special. We're going to talk about successful people. When we talk about successful people in the world, what are we talking about? Wealth. If we're talking about successful people in the church and we claim, for example, if I say, all right, um, my son, he's been out for a very long time and by the special grace of God, he's been, he's, he came to service this morning and we are glad to have him and he came with his family, his wife and his two beautiful daughters and we bless God. It's been a long time we met. It's been a long time, right? It's been like five, six years now. He's been running all around the world doing business, you know, and he's doing it amazingly well. Um, church, without much ado, let's put our hands together as we welcome Pastor Noah. <laughs> he's been traveling all around the world doing business. And that is what we call success. It means that we have conformed to the world. It means we have conformed to the world. Now, if you as a Christian, let me just, let me take it out from the very, let me come here. If you as a Christian, you begin to think that your success as a Christian is, now you have money, you are married, you have house, you have cars, and it is, you are waiting for that to finally say, I'm a successful Christian, or I am successful. You have conformed to the, who taught you that? When Adam ate the fruit, and then God came to Adam, Adam, where are you? He said, I heard thy voice, and I was afraid, and I hid myself because I was naked. Then God said, who told you? This is a foreign language. Who told you you are naked? Who told you? And listen, I've told you in this church, the fruit they ate was not mango. It wasn't apple. The fruit they ate was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So the Bible says when they ate the fruit, their eyes got opened. All right? So what is their eyes got opened? Their eyes got opened means that they conform to the world. I can't even shock you. Adam and Eve were not the first people God created. But that one, I'll tell you someday. Alright? They're not the first people. They were the point of reference God used to give revelation to Moses. Now I'm confused a lot of you. <laughs> When Cain killed Abel, Cain went to marry. Those people, where, where are they from? Now, listen. So, God is talking about an information and knowledge they took. Now, when they took the knowledge, they now say, we are naked. And God said, who told you? Who brought this knowledge to you? Who brought that knowledge to you? Who brought that knowledge to you that until you are married, you are not complete? To the point that even in church, now we say, oh, he came with his better half. As if when you are not met the person, you are half. This is a serious matter. 
that. Look at how Paul treated. Say, if you are burning, marry. I want everybody to be like me. Case closed. The only reason why you are getting married is because you can't control your feelings. That's all. That's all. I know people say, people say, marriage is like Christ and the church. And even you quote from Ephesians 5. So marriage is the natural church. It's rubbish. Please. Go and read it well. There will be no marriage in heaven. Marriage is like eating food. It's as ordinary as eating food here on earth. There's nothing spiritual about it. I am not kidding. When you are hungry, what do you, what do, you do? You eat. When you are burning, what do you do? You marry. It's as simple as that. See, when we marry, we marry to fulfill the call of God. We marry to fulfill the vision of God. Master, you are burning. Look at all this nonsense you are saying. You are married to fulfill. When we marry, the Bible says, how can two work together except they agree? Meanwhile, God was talking about himself and his prophet. It's not a marriage scripture. Therefore, what God has put together, let no man put asunder. Brother, stop misbehaving. That's why it tells you to marry a Christian so that at least you are all fulfilling the, the, the vision of God. Marry a Christian. That's what he's telling you. So God will bring to so this your purpose. Then we unite our purpose and together as all. As all saying. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. So he says, who told you? Who told you that you are naked? And it is when a different information came to Adam that he left the realm of the supernatural. So it means that your living of the supernatural or your not living of the supernatural is here. You can be a dangerous prayer warrior and still live a carnal life. Now, I'm not kidding. If here is not correct, if upstairs is not mopped, you can't. I love what I'm teaching tonight. <laughs> Glory to God. So when an information comes, it either comes to set you apart or it comes to make you common. Now then God says, hey, listen, do not be conformed. Don't blend. The word conform means blend. Don't bake bradio stay stay fracaste. To whom he did for no, he predestinated to be conformed to the image of his son. Our conformity is with Christ, not the world. Happy boy, I, I feel this thing, man. So them that he foreknew, he predestinated or he predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. Romans chapter 8. Hallelujah. He brought us the receipt. So when you get born again, the agenda of God is oneness with Christ. Not oneness with, with the world. The Bible says um, friendship with the world is enemy, is enmity with God. Hey. So when someone is friends with the world, now friends with the world means 
a shibum with the world. So when somebody is getting close with the world, what happens is that he gets God angry. Come on, are we together? Are we together, everybody? Come on, are we together? So the very moment we begin to take sides with the world, we are programming ourselves to be enemy, enemies with God. Now, enemies with God does not mean God is going to hate you. Enemies with God simply means you are not set apart. Are we together? You are not set apart. Now, listen, this is very important. Conformity is something that has been taught throughout the scripture. Let me give you one scripture. Let's go to Deuteronomy 7. When the Lord your God brings you into the land you are about to enter and occupy, um, let me read from Amplify. Amplify will talk plenty. At least. Okay. When the Lord your God brings you into the land which you are entering to possess and has plucked away many nations before you, the Hittite, the Gegashite, the Amorite, the Canaanite, the Perizzite, the Hevite, the Jebusite, seven nations greater and mightier than you, and when the Lord your God gives them over to you and you smite them, then you must utterly destroy them. Underline destroy them. You shall make no covenant with them or show mercy to them. Mm. Anytime. You shall not make marriages with them. Your daughter you shall not give to his son, nor shall, your, shall, shall you take his daughter for your son. For they will turn away your sons from following me. That they may serve other gods. Now other gods here refers to the gods of the world. Come on, out together. Then he says, listen, then he says, he says, so will the anger of the Lord be kindled against you and he will destroy you quickly. Now, how does the New Testament say this? How does the epistle say this? enmity with God. So this one is friends with the world, enmity with God. Alright? That's what I told you. There's nothing that people taught outside the Old Testament. Now, so he says that when you come into the place of your inheritance, when you come to the place that I have purposed for you to be, when you come to the place I have planned for you to be, there is something you must make sure. Don't marry the world. Don't marry the world. This is not just talking about weddings. Don't marry the world. Because the moment you marry the world, what's going to happen? Your heart will be turned away from me and you serve other gods. So I beseech you by the message of God that you present your and sacrifice unto the holy and acceptable to God and be not conformed means don't get married to the world. Hey, are we together everybody? Don't get married to the world. Say in the name of Jesus. I am set apart. Come on, say in the name of Jesus. I am set apart. If a Christian lady becomes a feminist, what men can do, women can do. The person is married to the world. Now take for example what the Bible says. The Bible says Sarah was humble to the husband and he called the husband my Lord. Then he tells the Christians that why you to copy the same thing. So in the mind of God, 
a wife now in the mind of god a male a christian male and a christian female are co-equal but a wife and a husband the husband is lord now so if you're relating with your brother in christ you are equal you relate if that brother in christ now is your husband you will have two relationships now your brother in christ must also understand when you are for example you are married and you are associate pastor now your husband is not the associate pastor you are the associate pastor and then you are here then you call your husband hello you are supposed to pray where are you come here now it doesn't mean you are rude you are not rude because you are dealing with the person as a brother when you go home now your husband can say where's my food and nobody should be angry <laughs> come on hallelujah now the husband doesn't go and say when, what kind of what nonsense was that what 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 game were you pulling <laughs> i say, sir hold on you are a brother in this house you are my lord See, very important. So he says, don't get married to the world. The ideologies of the world, the ideologies of the world, for example, my grandmother trained us. Men don't sweep when women are there. Simple. If a man is living alone, fine. I mean, he trained all of us how to cook. Everybody that stayed with my grandma is, is a cook. But you don't cook when there's a woman. No. That's sensible. <laughs> Very sensible. But when you get born again, you know what my grandmother says? No. Are you understanding that? We, we, we don't. Mm -mm. Marriage to the world is enmity with God. And you see, the conformity to conform to the world is not anything than accepting the opinions and the ideals of the culture around you. Hallelujah. Are we following this thing? So you don't marry them. And you see, we have a perfect example. I think in the devotionals, we wrote that. Solomon had an encounter with God. Solomon, a powerful guy. Somebody who has an encounter with God and, and sacrificed thousands, ten thousands of animals to the Lord. And the Bible says Solomon loved the Lord. That was the beginning of his life. Now, then, at the latter end of his life, the Bible says, and the heart of Solomon was turned away from God. Because he didn't follow after, he didn't follow hard after God like his father David. And why? Because Solomon took for himself strange women. And his wives turned away his heart from the Lord. It means that the wives of Solomon educated him. They educated him with the culture of the world. And you see, Solomon, the reason why Solomon married plenty can I tell you? There is, you know that Solomon is the only king that never went to war. Never. 
there was, he, he, he had peace throughout his reign. And in fact, I'll do a series on Solomon. That was a promise of God to every king that walks in his way. That any king that walks in my way and in my statutes, that king will have rest in his kingdom. So God prophesied peace to the king that follows God. Solomon purchased the prophecy. How? Now Solomon married from every, all the nations that are around him. That he can fight. So in, he married the daughter of Pharaoh from Egypt. Egypt is close. So if Egypt wants to come and fight, your daughter is here. Wisdom. So the wisdom some people talk about, that's the wisdom. So Solomon married and from another town. From another town, from another town, from another town. So any kingdom, any king that want to rise against Israel, your people are in Solomon's town. If somebody is standing somewhere, if somebody is standing somewhere, the person will say, wow, God has blessed Solomon. Wow. Look at the results. What a king. What an amazing king. Like when king, Queen of Sheba came, say, ah, of a truth. Not even half of the things were told me. And the Bible says there was no more spirit in her. And Queen of Sheba blessed God. He blessed the God of Solomon. There are things people can see about us that they will bless God. But it's not God giving. So Solomon got educated by his wife, by the multitude entanglement with the world, he got educated. And when the world educates us, the primary aim of the education of the world is to turn your heart away from the Lord. Are we together? So for example, if you become, let's say, and you are a nurse, so if she's a nurse, she's going to live in a whole different world. So it means one person in the midst of people. Now, are you set apart there or you are not set apart? To be set apart in your medical field is that you uphold the ideals and opinions of God. Come on. If you don't set guardrails and you don't you don't maintain your God consciousness. You know what is going to happen? You now will be educated. Education will come to you. And when that education comes to you, at first it will not look it will not look strange. It makes sense. It makes sense. It makes sense. By the time you realize the life which is the Holy Ghost that you have as a Christian will become a thing of the past. Think about it. The Bible says Solomon built shrines. To the point that he built a shrine for the detestable God of Ashtoreth. As a particular kind of goddess that God himself has mentioned his name. That this, I don't like all gods. But this particular one, I hate him. Now Solomon built a shrine for, him, for her. So it tells you that when we as Christians, if we give our minds to the education of the world, we can go so low and so opposite to God 
Why do people become atheists after being born again? It's education. I was telling somebody, there, there, there comes a point in your life where you should not be searching for knowledge again. Like, you should not be searching for what is true. So you hear this doctrine, you want to find if it is true. You hear this doctrine, you want to hear if it's true. You know, and all of There's this guy, there's this guy that we had, um, we had um, Amok Summit. So 2016 Amok Summit, we had it at, um, is it 2016 or 2017? We had it at um, Obey Hall. And there was one particular brother, he's called Luis. He was part of the great school teachers. A very great guy. He was from, I think, Kofuridia or so. And I added him to the great school. Because he was teaching grace. Ha! Huh. Then I'll see this guy posting another information. Later, later, like 2019, there about 2018, there, posting things. Post, I'll call him. Then one time he called me and asked, uh, uh, so do you believe Jesus is going to come again? I said, yeah, he's going to come. I didn't know I mean, how far he was going. And I said, okay. The next time I heard the guy, the guy is out of the faith. He's, out, he's left the supernatural life. He's out of the faith. People don't fall one day. People don't live one day. Are you understand that? No, no, don't live one day. It's education. It's what they are. So God says, Ah, uh-uh. ah. Who told you? Who has spoken with you? What information have you received? It means that the greatest enemy to the life of the supernatural is not prayerlessness. The greatest enemy of the supernatural life is the ideals and opinions of the world. Praise the name of the Lord. I'm a spiritual man. And I live by spiritual laws. So if something is said, what is God saying? I say people don't live. See, people don't live. People don't become dull. People don't become indifferent. People don't become um, lazy. People don't become like somebody who is doing well in the work of God, enjoying God, and suddenly the person is indifferent. The person does not even want to hear church. The person is, it does not happen one day. Somebody is talking to the person. How many of us have been there before? You hear somebody talk to you, talk to you, talk to you. Everything church will leave you. You can just walk and you are coming. You are just coming like that. At least if I don't come by the time I see, is if it's not that you is calling me, Lena will call me. If Lena doesn't call me, somebody will call me. Then you come and you sit here, then you look at your face like a god. You are married to the world. You are hearing things. Praise the name of the Lord. You are hearing things. You're, you're, you're hearing things. Things are entering into your head. And people who are in church who are always not satisfied, they are looking for information from here. They want to, they want to see this. They want to see what this ministry is doing. They want to see what this is, look at us and all of that. That's, that would be your story. You see, it is not whatever the word of God has said. It is true. There is no experience we will have today that is not um, foretold or revealed in the Bible. You know, no, it's not like that. I don't think anybody has seen God like Solomon saw God. Had encounters. How many of you have heard God say, ah, what do you want? Ask me. Whatever you want, I will give you. Nobody. Somebody heard that from God and the person ended up with his heart away from God. How many times did you hear so, um, um, David saw God? Huh? You have ever read that David saw God? 
David had encounters. Go and read your Bible now. Did you hear that? David just walking there. He saw a bright light. Then God said, what do you want me to do? If God will talk to David, mostly it comes through Psalms and then it comes through prophets. No strange vision and strange stuff. You know, those kind of strange things. You see 70,000 cattle moving. You say, ah, oh, stole, 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 stole. He didn't see all those kind of things. But the Bible says, David followed hard after the Lord. Followed hard after the Lord. You see, when the daughter of Saul, when David danced, and the daughter of Saul was trying to educate David, say, ah, isn't it embarrassing that the whole king, they begin, they begin with your, your, uh -huh, what, your worth. I'm just amazed. With all these gifts that you have, your pastor doesn't even see it. It's amazing. So right now, what do you do in our church? So, yeah, we clean chairs and all of that. My goodness. It's amazing how these pastors are treating people today. It's amazing. They'll be giving you alternative. They'll make you feel special. Very special. <laughs> you know what it's doing? It's called the spirit of Saul's daughter. What's the name again? M something something. Mikal. Yeah, the spirit of Mikal. Mikalic spirit. You are. With this anointing. With this anointing. With this anointing that you have, this is where you church. This is your church. <laughs> I mean, the anointing of God on your life. Oh, a whole, you know, a whole king. With this, your intelligence and your beauty. You're, you're, sweeping, you're sweeping the church? Alright, I mean, if that's what you want, I mean, Baba, he's sowing seeds. Seeds into your very head. And that is to get you away from the life of the supernatural. I said the super, I told you last week, that supernatural thing, I'm not, I'm not talking about next, next month, I'll be teaching how to heal the sick and all of that. But this supernatural is a practical one. Yeah. Think about sometimes, see, you are talking to somebody who is not even in the church. Then you'll be telling the person about the things of the church. Then the person will be telling you, will be advising you. Yeah. You'll be talking to somebody outside. So maybe you have a brother or a friend or something. Then you, there's this guy in the church. Eh? The way the guy is too low. Ah, is Enra. Pastor free you from a microphone. Charlie, I don't, I don't like such people. I don't like such people. Then, oh, who is that guy? Ah, you know the guy. You know the guy. That guy. The last time I brought you, that guy now, or suffer preacher, I know the name in chain. Then you are telling the person. The person say, Nah, what does he think he is? Pastor, that's why. Inter me, me say me inquire. Sorry, no. Seed. 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 Then it's coming. Then it's coming. Then Sunday you are supposed to go to church. Then you are feeling asleep. You are feeling sleepy. You want to sleep. You don't even want to come to church and see the face of Sam. No, 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 no. You don't want to come to the church. You don't, you don't, you don't want, you, are, you don't want to come and see his face. You know what is happening? The problem is not him. The problem is the one who is advising you. And you take the 
matter of the church. And the Bible says in Galatians, says, have you become so foolish? Uh, sorry, 1 Corinthians 6. Have you become so foolish that the matters of the church, now you go and you go for unbelievers to sit in your matter? That's what Paul said. It means that one of the ways to live the supernatural life is that when there's a problem in the church, we solve it in the church. It doesn't go out. Now, this is here you are discussing everything with somebody who is not in the church. And even when you are talking, you distort it. Because always reported speech has additions. Now, you add it, then the person will begin to add. The person will be telling you all kinds of things. Now, seed has gone into your head. The word of God that you used to revere, when the word of God is coming, you are so eager to receive the word. Doesn't mean anything to you again. Now, you come and sit here like a cockroach. Your face looks like a monkey shoe. And your ear looks like a metallic iron. Then you are seated. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. It's just a matter of time. As I listen, one of the ways to know people are leaving the church is very simple. If they were sitting here, they will start going here. Then they will jump one road, they will come here. Then they are going. By the time you realize, they are gone. Somebody has spoken to them. <laughs> oh, you can come back. Go just for an example. Hallelujah. Very important. See, think about it. Think about it. Some people, when they started church, or when they came, ah, joy, 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 joy. Joy every day. Joy, two, four. Joy. Joy. Joy like a river in my soul. Suddenly, they don't know what is it. And sometimes you see, you... The time you are, you are making the decisions to leave, the person who spoke to you will not be there. The person has sown the seeds. See, Jesus says something. Uh, there was a parable. He says that somebody went to sow a seed. When finally he came, the seed, had, the seed had grown with weeds. And then the person said, ah. So, so the laborers who has done this, then the master said, he said, the enemy has done this. But when they went to the field, they didn't meet the enemy there. He has planted the seed, he's gone. The time of the discovery where you want to live and all of that, the enemy will not be there. The enemy will not even be there to tell you to leave. Uh-uh. He has sown the seed. The seed have grown. Now you are going to make the decision. It's very important. So listen, the supernatural life, don't begin to think about your spirit first. Think here. The things you eat, the informations you eat, is what is going to determine the outcome of your life as to whether you're going to live the supernatural life or you're going to live a carnal life. Very simple. If the Bible talks about a carnal person, who then is a carnal person? One who has not been educated with the ideals and opinions of Christ. That's a carnal person. A carnal person is not just someone who is sinning. Uh -uh. The reason why the person is sinning is because the person has not been well educated with the ideals and opinions of Christ. Be mindful more of your mind than anything. Because if you can get your mind alone, even if you don't know your spirit, and you can get your mind to be fed with the word of God and the ideals and opinions of Christ, your spirit will automatically respond. I'll teach you that. Automatically respond. Yeah, so I think I have enough time again. Hallelujah. Yeah. So be not conformed to the world. Hallelujah. Don't buy into the ideas of the world. Don't. That's why they can be on fire today, tomorrow, they are on water. <laughs> I just on fire. The next day they are on water. 
because of the things that come to them. Listen. Oh man, I don't. Let's go. To, I think it's in Exodus. Let's go to Exodus. I, I, it's, it's, the scripture is in my head. Okay, let's go to thirty-two. Okay, let's let's start from one. Exodus chapter thirty-two, verse one. So I live the supernatural life. One more time, say, I live the supernatural life. See, that's why the Bible talks to us about friends. The kind of friends that you take. The kind of friends you maintain. You can't be, you can't be a spiritual person and your friends are cannot be. What kind of combination is that? Now, listen. When the people saw that Moses delayed to come down from the mountain, they gathered together to, we are reading from verse 1. They gathered together to Aaron. Now, Aaron is the assistant pastor. Alright? So, he gathered together to Aaron and said to him, Up, make us gods to go before us. As for this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we don't know what has become of him. So, Aaron replied, This is the pastor. Take the gold rings from the ears of your wives, your sons and your daughters, and bring them to me. So all the people took the gold ring from, the, from their ears and brought them to Aaron. And he received the gold at the hand and fashioned it with a graving tool and made it a molten cow. And they said, these are your God, O Israel, which brought you up out of the land of Egypt. Who is Aaron? Who is Aaron? And Aaron, when they were with Pharaoh, threw, took the took the took the the stick of Moses and threw it and it turned into a serpent and the serpent swallowed all the serpent of the people of Egypt this Aaron is the one when God was calling Moses Moses said you know what I can't talk I can't talk I, I can't talk and God said listen Aaron shall be a mouth to you I have anointed Aaron to be with you this same Aaron man by virtue of his association with Moses, Aaron saw miracles. My goodness. Some of the miracles, it wasn't Moses who was doing them. Some of the miracles, Moses told Aaron, do it. Somebody who has seen the hand of God. Then the people came and said, make us God. We don't know what has become of Moses. Aaron should say, do you know Moses? Uh, do you know Moses? Do you know Moses, the servant of God? And amazingly, that was what Joshua did. Joshua would tell the people, let's go and take this Jordan. Let's go and take this. Even as Moses, even as Moses the Lord's servant, has told us. So, Joshua had come to know Moses. That if Moses has said it, we have right to go and take it. Although the land does not belong to Moses, when Moses says it, that's all. But when God was calling Moses, he, was, he didn't call Joshua. He called Aaron. He called Aaron. The people say, you know what? Get us gods. Get us gods. We need gods so that we don't know what has become. And he did not even go to pray about it. He said, all right, bring the earrings and stuff like that. He didn't pray. 
The Bible says he made a, a God. He duplicated the semblance of God. Then listen to what he says. Look at it. When Aaron saw the molten calf, he built an altar before it. And Aaron made proclamation and said, no, no, um, yes, and said, tomorrow shall be a feast to the Lord. Now look at, look at the word Lord. So you know what he's talking about? We are okay with this one. This one is the Lord. This God is the Lord. This is the Lord. Now continue. Let's see. And they rose up early the next day and offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings. The offerings that belonged to God, they gave it to a molten calf. And, 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 and the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. The Lord said to Moses, go down for your people whom you brought out of the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. They have corrupted themselves. They have corrupted themselves. They have, what is corruption? Marriage to the world. In fact, where, where do you think they learned this, this thing from? From Egypt. They learned it from Egypt. So in Egypt, they were used to the people worshiping gods. So when God was walking on a journey with them, although they had left Egypt, Egypt has not left them. So when they had a little challenge and Moses had gone up and he had not come, the people say, Aaron, let's establish another ministry. Then they made a mortal calf and God said they've corrupted themselves. Come on, I heard me everybody. It is very important. Why do you think Aaron got to that level? From that firebrand associate pastor. From that amazing person that that was the voice and the mouth of Moses. And that was that's the same Aaron. That's the same Aaron. Aaron and Miriam they went to gossip about Moses. Why are you all looking at Miriam? It's not this one is the New Testament Miriam. They want to gossip. That, uh, does Moses think that he alone hears from? We also hear from God. How is he going to marry somebody like that? And God got angry. God got angry. When you behave like the world, you attract the wrath of God. Now the wrath of God here is enmity. So living the supernatural life simply is staying in the confines of the spirit. I believe I'm blessing somebody. Come on, are we together? Very important. Come on, talk supernatural. You're just thinking power, 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 power. No, relax. The practical life. Practical life. Let me show you something again. Let's go to the book of Samuel. Now, let's go to Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 8. Are you all there? When Samuel was old, he made his sons judges over Israel. Now, the name of his firstborn was Joel, and the name of his second, Abijah. They were judges in Beersheba. 
His son did not walk in his ways, but turned aside after gain, took bribes, and perverted justice. <laughs> it will be today. All the elders of Israel assembled and came to Samuel at Ramah and said to him, Behold, you are old, and your sons do not walk in your ways. Now appoint us a king to rule over us like all the other nations. It's very important the Bible added, like all the other nations. What was the motivation for the request of a king? All the other nations. But I thought God has said in Exodus, let's go there. I don't know where it is, but we can find. I think Exodus 19, I believe. Yeah. 19.6. He says, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests, a holy nation consecrated, set apart to the worship of God. So in the mind of God, these are people that are set apart. These are people that are special to him. Let's go back to what we just read. Then they said, give us a king like the other nations. It's very important. It means that they had seen the nations of the world how glamorous their kings are. See, there's a way you can look at a church and that church will be an education to you to make you feel like you are not doing well. It even can bring you to a point you don't respect anybody or you don't value your pastor again. We live in a world full of educations. Like full of, you can, you can learn anything at any time. As a pastor, I can look at my colleague, young pastor, and what the person is doing, the, thing, the, the, the mega thing the person is doing, and then claim that I'm failing. It's not easy. <laughs> Somebody came to me last three days. No, yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. And then, yesterday I went to school, right? Yes, I went to uh her. -huh. So somebody came to me. Well, I was talking with somebody, a young pastor like myself, and he says he's, he's quitting the ministry. He wants to stop ministry. Then I asked him why. Then he said, so he was sick one day, and then he called one of his pastors. That's why I posted those things on my status. That I, I, you know, uh -huh. So he called one of his pastors. He was very sick. Now this pastor that he called, actually a leader, is somebody whom he's prayed for. The guy had been home for years and he practically prayed for fasted with the guy for 21 days and gave God an ultimatum that if this guy does not get a job, me and you will not be fine. The, when the 21 days ended, it ended on Sunday. On Monday, the guy had given application so many whatever ago. And then that company was what called the guy. The guy started working. The guy has a car now. And the guy has been promoted. Now, pastor has come to a point that the armor bearer, the one who is next to the pastor, had traveled to Kumasi. The pastor fell sick. Then he called this brother that, please, buy me porridge, granite, and kosi. I'm very sick. Then he said, okay. 
The pastor, because he was sick, after that, he just placed the, he said he, not neck to loudspeaker. So, after I placed the phone there, so he said, the person did not cut, hang up. Then the person was, so somebody was asking, ah, Charlie, who called? Say, ah, you know me, my pastor? He did a lazy thing, so he did a, you know, the work. He comes and make a buying porridge. I said, he said, quickly, I got healed and I got sick again. Then he hung up. Then he cried. Then he called the guy. I said, please, stop buying the poor. Don't bring it. Then he said, okay. Then they hung up. Then he said, man of God, this is not the first time. And the guy was crying. Whilst he was crying, me and I also started crying. Then I told him, you will not stop the ministry. You will do. He says, you see, the reason is this. I want to stop and go and join the mainstream churches. Either Pentecost or, because I know that place, if I'm there, the system is there already. I don't have time to now start a whole system. I said, no. So you know what? I want us to sit down right now. So he made a statement. He says, I, I don't even think God has called me. Yeah, he made that statement. Now I told him I understand. Now let's sit down. I want you to begin, this guy in particular, I want you to begin from where you met the guy till now. The things God spoke to you about the guy. And then the things you did for the guy. And then from there, you go to the other people. The blessing God has used you to be in the lives of people. So relax. We have one hour to talk. Then the guy started, you know, his audibility is table. Sobbing. People are suffering. Yeah. Then he started some, some things started coming. Started coming. Then he smiled. That's it. You see, that smile is right from your spirit. That's where the calling is. You can't stop. That's how it is. Me, if I told you my own, you'd be shocked. We can't stop. You can't stop. You can't stop. But the thing is this. Keep being faithful to God. If you killed yourself for anybody and the person does not see, as time goes on, God will bring you people who adore you and your tears will be turned into joy. Then I told him that the Bible says, when the Lord turned our captivity around and brought us freedom, we're like those who were asleep. We're like those who were dreaming. It didn't look real. God can just shoot one sun into your life. It will be a brighter day for you. I said, I, I, I can't, I can't pastor these people with my emotions. I can't love them. I said, you can. I said, listen, even so, when some misbehaved, did not listen to Samuel, did not listen to Samuel, kept on misbehaving, kept on misbehaving. When God was coming to Samuel, to tell Samuel to go anoint uh, David, the Bible says, Saul was crying. So Saul was crying. I'm sorry. Someone was crying. And God says, why are you still here crying? It means that the love of a pastor, it never stops. So in the evening, then he texted me, thank you so much. You have brought life into my life. And I was excited. 
it's not easy. You understand? Yeah. So you see, you can come to a place, you'll be educated to the point that you'll be reshaped. You can be reshaped. You, you, you abandon your spiritual, your supernatural life. Because sometimes it's, you want to live a natural, you want to be a normal person. You want to be normal. Ah! <laughs> you just want to be normal. Nobody's calling you. My head, my head, my shoulders, my knee, my toe. <laughs> you just want to be normal. You want to be a normal human being. You can go everywhere. Ah, you can enjoy your life. But it's not like that. Friends with the world is enmity. It's enmity. So I told him, have you called the guy? Did you call the guy too? I said, no. Apostle, I can't call him. I can't call him. And when he, he says, the, the annoying part that is when he came to church the Sunday, he was dancing all over. Praying in tongues. <laughs> We did it so far, Temo. I saw them all part of the assault. It's very important. This guy can walk and suddenly will lose his job and become a pauper. And he will never understand. Because, like this person, it's not like me, me, I'll tell you to the face. I'll tell you that I heard you. This guy will never say it. And he will know the cause, but he will never tell you. It's very important. So, there are, I'm talking about educations. So, these guys have seen Egypt. They've seen other nations. How they have kings. I said, we need a king like that of the world. We need, we need a king. We want to be like the world. And listen, when you walk with God, you cannot be compatible with the world. Compatibility with the world, when you are walking with God, is your deficiency in life. When you get compacted with the world, when you get close, conformity with the world, you become deficient in your supernatural living. Hallelujah. So I said, conformity with the world is deformity to supernatural living. It's deformity. Because the world will train you to even disbelieve the things that you hold in high esteem with God. Hallelujah. Don't go and get any girlfriend, any boyfriend whatsoever. That will start re-educating you from the things that I have taught you. Yeah. Because you become very deficient. Hallelujah. Yeah, you become very, very deficient. Those of you who want to marry black Americans, they will re-educate you. You want to marry black American. Because the person, you know, you know, you know, and you go to church, you like you, church queen like you. Down in my black American. Us crontos. <laughs> Hallelujah. See, it's very important. The friends you keep around, the people you listen to, the educations that come to you. You know how people broke their virginities? Because they heard people saying that if you don't go and have sex, If you don't go and have sex, pimples will be on your face. Yeah. Ah, look at the way that guy talks. That guy, I, yeah, 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 ye
you know and all those things so the people went because they want to feel accepted then they go and engage in it and then they are drawn away from God they are drawn away from God then they fall into sin now they swim and they go away see me I accepted the Lord very early I started being ministerial, ministerial, 16, 17 years. You can't come around me and indoctrinate me. Because me, in my mind, when I meet you, I am the one who is in charge. It's as simple as that. No, no, no. You can't come around me and be, no, you're there. And it's an excellent spirit. Yeah. We can't close from school. Then you're telling me we should go past here, past here. No, 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 no. When I close, I'm, I'm going home. That, that's me. That's That's that. And you can't be my friend if you are not talking my language. It's, it's very... See, these things are practical. How many of you know the friends of Jesus? Jesus said, those here who listen to the word, they are my mother, they are my father, they are my friends, they are my brothers. They say your parents are looking for you. Your father and your mother and your sisters and your brothers, they are looking for you. He said, those who are here, they are my father. They are my mother. They are my everything. You are in church. Your close associate is outside church because you say people in church are hypocrites. Your face like elementary table. Yeah, your face like elementary table. People in church are hypocrites. People of the world, they are not. Even in the ghetto, you find real love. <laughs> yes, even in the ghetto. So someone will just pull and then they will chant. But in the church, you don't find what is love in somebody smoking and giving somebody. Are you mad? Are you okay? Are you understanding that? Then those kind of things will begin to enter into you. You not even allow your brother or your sister to make his own mistakes and grow. You, you are not perfect. You expect everybody to be perfect around you. Oh, are you crazy? What are you doing in this church? Everybody has the right to misbehave. It is true that, that we all grow. That's what I say, ah, thank you, God. <laughs> Woo! Onward, Christian soldiers. It's time to misbehave. Listen, everybody has the right to experience God on his journey. Growth is not one day. It takes time. Yeah. Everybody is making his own mistakes. Everybody. So don't be too hard on people. Be too hard on yourself. And leave people alone. You know everything. You know too much. What's your problem? Leave people alone. Leave them to God. The word of God is coming. It's training everybody. Some people, their training will be quick. Some will take years. Everybody is under training. Don't come and misbehave. So your friend is somewhere. They say, oh, Charlie, you are my best friend. Then your best friend is not even born again. And this is the person you keep on talking to. And you expect to be on fire? That's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. You can't be my friend if you don't pray in tongues. Because you can't even receive wisdom. You can't, how can you receive spiritual wisdom when you don't pray in tongues? Like a friend called me and said, Oh, 
um, I've gotten this prophecy. Blah, blah, blah. I said, listen, relax. I've dealt with it. I will deal with it. Don't even pray about it. That is a friend. I mean, your friend cannot pray. You are calling your friend on, on Friday. Why are you saying I'm going for Wikipedia? And you are a Christian. That's not going to work. Hallelujah. Yeah, give me some few. I said, I'll close one. 9.45, okay. So we have some few minutes. Hallelujah. Now let's go back to Romans 12. Let's go back to Romans 12. Am I helping somebody? Yes, sir. Good. Romans 12. Again. And do not be conformed to this world, but be ye, oh, I'm sorry, but be, but be, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. So transformation is a product of mental renewal. Come on. So it means that transformation is a product of mental education. No spirit. All the things we say, we're educating your spirit. We're educating. It's not your spirit. It's your mind. Hallelujah. When you are educated in your mind, it will affect your spirit. Hallelujah. Now that, I don't know when I'm going to, I mean, finish talking about it. But it's a very serious discussion. The transformation happens by mental renewal. Now the word transformed in the Greek is from the word that we get the word metamorphosis. Metamorpho is where we get the word metamorphosis. What is metamorphosis? Where is Pastor Emma? Huh? Okay. What is metamorphosis? If he's here, would have defined it. You teach science. What is metamorphosis? No. The, what is the process of metamorphosis? It's when... Okay. Uh-huh. When a caterpillar changes to become a butterfly. Caterpillar is like a galgami. Yeah, gogami. A galgami. <laughs> yeah. Caterpillar is a galgami. So where a galgame is able to fly, think about the process where a gogome is supposed to fly. The period between the process between galgame stage to a flying stage is what is called transformation. So when the Bible says be you transform, it's not just talking about a change, but it's talking about a complete opposite change that is irreversible because the butterfly does not become a gargami again. Out together. So where the, 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 the maggot is able to 
the caterpillar is able to transform that match that he begins to fly and will never become a caterpillar again. It actually means to totally leave a realm, to totally leave a state, and to totally leave a stage, to change completely. That is transformation. To change for the better. To change for the good. So the Bible says, Macros Tephratis, the Bible says, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice, set apart and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable act of worship. Worship there is not talking about, Father, I thank you. Your reasonable act of worship means your relationship with God. So your relationship with God has a lot to do or has all to do with the presentation of your body as a living sacrifice. So the transformation, what is the transformation? What is the transformation? Be, uh, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What's the transformation? Uh-uh. I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living, uh, uh, present your bodies a living sacrifice, set apart and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable act of worship. Now, the focus, the vision, the purpose is your, your set apart. All right. So, Christians, Christian transformation, which happens by the renewing of the mind. And when you are set apart or the purpose for Christian transformation is not when I met you you were poor and now you have money uh -uh. the purpose for Christian um, transformation is when I met you or when you got born again and you are not really different from the world and by the time the word of God comes to you and your mind gets renewed you become a butterfly. What is the butterfly? One that is set apart unto God. It means one who believes in the ideas, one who lives the opinions, that one who believes in the principles and lives by the principles of God. Come on here. Glory to God. I'll talk about it. I'll talk about that. I don't know if I'll have time. One of the key ways to live that life, that supernatural life, is devotion, commitment, and consistency. See, there are some of us, eh, we don't have any principle in our life. Anything goes. Anything goes. You can easily take bribe without, without this thing. You, see, you cannot say, I don't do this. And that is a show that there is no transformation. So the real Christian transformation is not even when you're able to hold the microphone to preach. The real Christian transformation is when you are set apart. When you are a vessel of God. When, like Jesus says, the prince of the world cometh, but he has nothing in me. Where you, there's nothing, there's nothing of the world. The world cannot lay claims on anything in your life. That is the supernatural life. Hallelujah. 
The world cannot tell you they made you rich. The world cannot tell you they made you mad. The world cannot lay claims on your wealth. The world cannot lay claims on your, on your wisdom. The world cannot lay claims on your marriage. The world cannot lay claims on anything that concerns you. It's like saying that all that I am, God made me. And you can, you can beat your hands to your chest that I followed God duly and he made me. Glory to God. It's not going to collect something like Solomon did, try to put things in place where there's no fight and then come and tell us God has given you peace. No, it is the peace that will come because you followed God. It is the peace that will come because you are for God. You know that thing? Like, so let, let's put it that way. I beseech you, brother, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye only to God. Be ye only to God. Be ye God's own. Allow God to own you and your ability to tie your hands and tie your legs like Isaac was and not open your mouth will happen when you are educated from the word of God. The aim of God's word is to make the people of God properties of God that God can lay claims on and that there will be nothing of the world in them. If I'm able to raise a, raise a church, raise members of a church and the members of the church are worldly, full of worldly principles, worldly ideologies, they know science more than they know God, they know business more than they know God and they don't, be, God cannot lay claims on, you know, God cannot tell you, alright, this business, close it. It's not like you, you have a lot of money. Then maybe you are running a filling station that gives you like three, three million Ghana cities every day. Then go say, close it. Use that place to build me a church. And it's like it's something you are now going to pray about it. You made me. You have me. I am yours. Hey, That's why people say Christian life is difficult. It's difficult. Listen, a lot of change. I've been studying church history for some time now. A lot of things have changed. That's changed here in our days. Do you know that in the early church, there were some works they don't do? Nobody told them not to do. They just don't do it. They, they don't do it. A work that will not let them express their Christian ideologies. Right now, do you know what we are teaching people? We are teaching people do every work. And when you get there, teach them Christ. You decrease. That's the problem. We are teaching people to have more money. Than to have more Christ. So a Christian brother said, uh, there was this, um, there was this sharing of money, and the Christian brother said, was I mean like like uh, somebody was talking about uh, juju sikabi and stuff like that. And the Christian brother said, I can go and collect the money, I'll sanctify the money, nothing will happen to me. There's a difference between the power, walking in power, and fearing God. Are two different things. You can use power to cleanse the money. Nothing will happen to you. But a man that fears God will say that is contaminated. That God will say, my God shall supply. So you come to the point where you belong to God. That is the end of the Christian life. Real transformation is not when you pray in tongues. Real transformation is when you belong to God. Not just God purchasing you, no. It's when you 
can wholly say this is the property of God. I am God's vessel. Think about it. The silver in your kitchen. Who comes to take it to go and cook? Nobody. You know why? It's your vessel. So you are the one who uses it. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? I say hallelujah. So be ye transformed means be ye belonging to God or be ye God's or be ye God's own by the renewing of your mind. God, first when we talk about trans, be ye transformed, we are talking about, you know, you came to the Lord and you were poor. As you received the word of God, transformation is coming to you you are you begin to know you are the seed of abraham and the wealth of the wicked is laid out for you and you begin to build companies you begin that's not transformation uh -uh. transformation is belonging to god when you are poor belonging to god when you are rich belonging to god when you are not married belonging to god when you are married Belonging to God when you were a child. Belonging to God when you are an adult. And you live the ideologies and the principles of Christ. Now let me, let me finish with the last scripture. Let's go to Deuteronomy. Have I really done an amazing work tonight? Have some tables been shaking? <laughs> the tables are scattered. Six twenty-five. Uh, I'm sorry. Now this is the instruction, the laws, the precept which the Lord your God commanded me to teach you, that you might do them in the land to which you go to possess it, that you may reverently fear the Lord your God, I, you and your son and your son's son, and keep all his statutes and his commandments which I command you all the days of your life and that your days may be prolonged. Hear therefore, O Israel, and be watchful to do them, that it may be well with you and that you may increase exceedingly as the Lord, the God of your father, has promised you in a land flowing with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your heart, and with all your entire being, and with all your might. Think about it. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your entire being. Now, I heard a great preacher preach and said, um, you know, this is not possible. You can't love God with all your heart. And as you are preaching grace, fine. Nobody can in himself naturally do this. But listen, he's talking about a yielding to God to the point that there is no space for any other thing to take your attention. Hi. Glory to God. See, the kind of people God wants us to be here on earth is like even when you appear, people will see this one is not worldly. Come on. No, think about your Christian celebrities who are justifying liposuction with scripture. Going to be and begging your bottles with scripture. I don't have any problem with that. But why must you find scripture 
to back it. That the Bible says you can go and pump your breast, go and pump your back, and all of that. I don't have any problem. It's your own breast. If you like, cut it, fry it, and chew it. But why would you pick scriptures to? Why, why do you want us to? Why do you want people to feel like God has no problem? If you actually know that God has no problem. Think about it. And you see, the way the world dresses, the way the world behaves, the way the world thinks, we don't do that because we are educated by God. The world cannot show their breast, and I also show my breast. We are not the same. See, if I'm standing with somebody who is worldly, somebody should stand there and say, this guy is a Christian. This guy is a Christian. I don't have the liberty to show my body. I don't have the liberty to be wearing tight panties and tight stuff, and sometimes your whole things are drawn. And you are going, your buttons is clapping together, praising whatever God. <laughs> yeah. Praise the name of the Lord. Meanwhile, the Bible talks about modest appearance that even the ladies should appear with a shamefacedness. It doesn't mean when you are looking at them. No, it means to have a countenance of humility. So the Bible even tells how Christians should walk as ladies. Think about it, when a lady is walking. Is walking. Now, I walk here, you are dancing. Yeah, it's very important. All these things are the ideologies of God. The ideal, when you dress well, it doesn't save anybody. But you know what? It is a proof that you belong to God. Like, it's a proof that you belong to God. People who belong to God, they don't dress anyhow. There's a way the, the world talks. There's a way we talk. The Bible says, let your words be seasoned with grace. That's what the Bible says. When anybody hears you, the person is crying. do a you know, let your words be seasoned with grace. Are you understand? The Bible says, be gentle. I think the last time we we're looking at that. So there is a way that a Christian lives. The word does not talk about forgiveness like the Bible talks about it. The Bible talks about your for, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgive you. That's why I tell you, it will take the Holy Spirit to live the Christian life. That's why I began like that. Because there's no way anybody can forgive anybody like how Christ forgives. Because if Christ forgives you, that is all. He will never make reference of it. He will never. And it's, it's, not, it's not easy. In your natural self. Oh, no, 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 no. So the apostles, the early fathers had a slogan. Daily becoming like Christ. Now, when we caught grace, then we say, as he is, so am I. That means we are not becoming. We are already. Such foolishness. Such foolishness. Such foolishness. Grace, man. Are you already? 
<laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. We are not becoming like Christ. We are Christ already. I remember sometimes some of the guys, some great guys, they went to print a shirt. I shall not go to heaven. Yeah, they were just I shall not go to heaven. You know why? Because the Bible says that uh, he raised us together to sit together with him. So we are already there. You can't be more foolish than this. It's childish. You will go. You are not dead. That's why you are seated here. You are not in, you are not in any heaven. You are here on earth. They want to say you are the light of the world. My light of it. You are in Ghana. Set you come to be precise. <laughs> the location is in Samuel. I mean, stop doing all those kind of nonsense. I'm seated above. I'm seated above. I'm not, I'm not in the world. You're a craze. Jesus says you are in the world. You are not of the world. So it's a positional thing he's talking about. Don't come and tell us that you are not. Why do you come to church here? And you don't go to church in heaven's square. You, you understand? It's very important. You don't, you don't get ah, daily becoming like Christ. See, somebody said, we don't, we, don't, we don't follow Christ. Hey! This grace is killing people. We are daily becoming like Christ. See, we look at his love life and we learn. We look at his compassion and we learn. That's the education. We look at his power and we learn. We look at his humility. Then we learn. We look at how perfect he was and we learn. We daily follow the master. We daily follow the master. We don't live our life. We live the life of the master. Hallelujah. He didn't condemn anybody. He loved. We did. Listen. Naturally, some of us may be having challenges with loving people, forgiving, and all of that. Don't quickly come up and say, I see you, so am I. Be scared to say that. You are not there yet. Go, uh, do I love like Christ? Take your time. When you hear, I see you, so I, it will encourage you. You are not like Christ. We follow the master daily. As he loves, you look at it. As he did it, can you imagine a Christian said, somebody said, it is those, those days, and I used to work as Obibo and What And this has people in there, your mentor. You know, like, like as if you can be in Christ and still maintain who you are. It doesn't work that way. Your real transformation is when you let go of you and become everything him. That's what the Bible says in Romans 8, that God pre he predestinated us according to his foreknowledge so that we'll be conformed to the image of his son. So that at the end, God will look at us and say, ah, where is the real Jesus? Where is, where is the real Jesus? Because we all look like him. We've conformed to his image. There's no difference. That's what the Bible says that he's coming for a church without wrinkle, without spot, or any such thing. A church that exactly looks like him. You know, the Bible says that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. You see, in glory, it's not like Helena is coming. No, in the rapture and in glory, it's like these are many Christ's. These are many Christ. So the, the supernatural, the education 
The aim of the education is becoming like Christ. You cannot be in church every day and say, as for me, this is how I live my life. You cannot be in church every day and say, me, as for me, that is how I think. You cannot be in church and say, that's for me, that's how I dress. You can't say, oh, I'm in church, as for me, that's no, 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 no. When you do that, you know what, you are not set apart. When you do that, you have not been transformed yet. Because the end of transformation is being like Christ. The agenda for transformation, the agenda for Christian transformation is being like Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord. Wow. Time up. So I remember those days. We will, we will recalibrate Sinat songs. I want more of you. The more I know you, the more I want to know you, Jesus, more of you. I have, someone said, someone said, I have all of you. You can't be more foolish than these things you are saying. You know? The more I have you, the more I know I have you. Jesus, I'm out to the elder. No, look, listen to the context of the song. You make my life so beautiful, oh. And as you are, you have made me here on earth. Does it tell you that she sounds like somebody who is ignorant? There's nothing greater than this. That's why I love you forevermore. Then he sings it again. Then he says, I want more of you. The more I know you, the more I want to know you. That is it. There is a hunger in satisfaction with Christ, but the hunger is knowing him. Because, you see, he is more glorious, he is awesome, he is great, that you can't finish knowing him. So when you know a part of him, the part you know leads you into another discovery of him. It leads you to another discovery of him. Man, or a stay. Are you understanding that? Yeah. So I'll be singing those kind of great songs. <laughs> the more I have you, the more I know I have you, Jesus. All of you. All of you. All of you. All of you. Jesus, all of you. Continue. Just continue. Paul says, imitate me. Even as I imitate Christ. Be ye followers of me. As I am of Christ. Are you understanding that? Yes, We're daily learning. We are learning. We are studying Christ. How he lived. The Bible says he was tempted in all points. As we were. But he was without sin. So we, we, we led him. He is the perfect model. Glory to God. He's the perfect model. If Christ did not do it like that and you did it that way, it means that you have to learn. Praise the name of the Lord. Don't just learn power, power from Christ. No. Learn his whole life. His whole life. How he was dedicated at the age of 12. He was at the temple. And at the age of 12, he says that I must do the, I must, I must be about my father's business. When I learned that about Christ, it means that, wow. I can know the will of God for my life at that age. And he never, I, 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 I watch Bishop Oropo say this, Jesus says that for this reason I came to the earth. For this reason. Jesus said, I didn't come for many reasons. For this reason. For this reason. For this reason. 
for this reason. Paul says, for one thing I do. It means that when I look at them, I now streamline my life to the purposes of God. So that's how we learn of him. You can't, you can't claim you know Jesus. See, you can't claim you know Jesus and be living a life that is not passionate about Jesus. I want to say that again. You can't claim you know Jesus when you are not passionate. Because when you know Jesus, you'll be passionate about him. You can sing about knowing him. When we are going for evangelism, you are not there. There's, which self are you giving? No, which self are you? That's deception. See, be serious about here. Put your hand here. Say here. Say here. Mental education. Mental education. With the ideologies and principles of Christ. May the Lord help us. I say, may the Lord help us. See that we would desire to know him. We would desire to live him. Because it is in that that we live the supernatural life. Glory to God. So it, it says the spirit is life. You have a new life now. And that, spirit, that life is the spirit of God. Be outstanding with me. What a service. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.